You just tuned in the top five by Zoe, the admirer of airtight flows, minor chord progressions, and intricate bass lines. And this week I have a new moniker, the no name of podcasts, <laughs> courtesy of one of my best friends, Mark. And he gave me this moniker because of my chill demeanor and my monotonous voice. Um, and one of my other friends, Carlos, he said that my voice is what I would sound like if Oprah and Morgan Freeman had a baby. So, you know, I'm just loving the critique and the encouragement that I'm getting from my friends. So shout out to y'all. Um, this podcast is for my new listeners and prisoners and jealous rat cats that prefer dissing us. The OGs that know me, um, my music lovers and the goats who I call my listeners and most importantly whoever you are wherever you are on your musical journey um thanks for tuning in to episode four yes we are here bitches I don't think that I could continue having the podcast without having an important discussion and some of you who are like real hip-hop heads will be like yes I've been fiending to talk about this or hear about this and some of you will have like PTSD from a conversation that you've had with a friend and I'm just gonna get straight to it this week we're gonna you know pick at the surface of what makes a classic and what are some classic hip-hop albums if some of you follow me on Instagram at Zoe underscore Veranda, Z-O-E underscore V-E-R-A-N-D-A, I posted in my story a question of what some of my followers' favorite classic hip-hop albums are. And so I'm going to share a few of those answers um, at the end of my soliloquy slash monologue about it but um I kind of like that like I like that you guys were involved so the top five answers that I feel were inclusive and were unique I'm gonna share at the end of the show but even to get started how do we even define what a classic is well i did a little digging because like inherently we talk about what it is all the time and we argue about it and we know what constitutes a classic but at the same time we kind of um skew it in our own different way because I can I feel like a classic can be subjective but also I feel like it needs to have the consensus of everyone else like you can feel like something is a classic but if it's not an overall thought or like a majority of people within hip-hop feel or cosign that this is a classic and it's been held this like this way for years then sometimes if you like are just saying things are classic it kind of le- like 
diminishes the value, if that makes sense. So, um, I was watching Hip Hop DX, um, and I, shout out to them, and when, when Murs was on it, and he had this interesting definition, which I'm probably going to use today as the criteria. So he basically had classic spelled out in an acronym and each letter represented a different aspect of what a classic is. So for C, it represented content and a classic work of art. L was for longevity. A was for artistry. S, both of the S's were sound and style. Um, I was for innovation and for some reason he forgot the last C so <laughs> we basically have the f first few letters but anyway I think I agree with each part of this the content like I think that is the most important part of what a classic is because it has to be something that over um, time is still relatable, it's still prevalent, it's still relevant, it's um, telling of the time, which I think is why we can't always rush to judgment on how, on if something is a classic, because we can't necessarily judge it in that moment. We have to see how it lasts over time. And that's leading to L where it says longevity. Time, 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 time. Time is such an important thing when it comes to a classic. Like most of the the albums that people named, I was interested to see that they were more from the 90s than from now and I thought that was interesting especially like with most of my followers being in my generation and like even thinking that these albums that are over 20 something years old are still speaking to them or still relatable or people still bump them now like and I think that's dope because like some like me I'm like an old soul you know and I sometimes I feel like I can relate to things a little older like sometimes you could catch me listening to 60s music 70s music and obviously I didn't grow up in that time but certain things I just can feel you know so I think the key to the longevity is how the, the album ages and if it ages well how we spoke about microwave music on episode two it needs to age and we can listen to it five years later ten years later twenty years later and it still gives us that feeling and that goes to A, which is the artistry. I think the more quality that someone puts into it, it makes the album an actual masterpiece, you know? And I'm just like hitting the surface right now, but it does take a special type of artist to create a masterpiece. 
And for it to hit those points of having longevity and um, the content, you know, a lot of time, again, is put into making these albums. And even so, like some albums were made in a short amount of time, but because of the uniqueness, which I think that's another key to it too, especially in the artistry form, is that it's um, made with um, an intent, you know? Like, it's intended to be something that's lasting. It's intended to have a message. It's intended to be musical and have depth and breadth and all these things. And it's made to live on and to um, have an impact on people. Sound and style, that's the two S's. I think the majority of classic albums have a timeless sound. And when I say that, it mostly is in reference to the sound being innovative which is the eye, or even just being so that, I mean, even though it sounds like the 90s, it can still be played today. Or even like how we were talking on the last episode about remixes, like a lot of that music is so timeless that right now you would be like, yo, that's a dope song for now. Or even, I think for me, Personally, when I listen to one of my um, classic albums that I'll tell you guys in a few, I definitely listen to them like every day as if it just came out. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have came out yesterday. And I think that's part of the artistry and the intent and the innovation in terms of like actually making real music. Yeah. Like, today I guess I'm going to be on my hip-hop snobby shit. Like, yes. Certain things are real music and they hit and um, they just feel, they just feel like music. The innovation, like I said already, is creating something most, most of the time that hasn't been created. So as we think about classic hip-hop or and going forward deem things as classic um albums we want to keep this in mind in terms of has this been done before are we doing it in a new way are we trying to pave a way for others the thing about classic albums is that the person who ends up creating the classic paves the way for other people to do certain things and I don't think that everybody should strive to be the innovator. Like you should more strive to be unique and be yourself. But in the sense of you being yourself and in the sense of you being unique, it is a sort of innovation. And we deem people who are the, who have these classic projects to have a certain um, je ne sais quoi or a certain um, eye and ear for certain things where others didn't recognize it at the time. It's so many uh, 
layers to what a classic is. And today I want to specifically talk about classic hip hop albums. And I think in terms of me thinking like to myself about what I was going and in terms of me thinking to myself of what I was going to share with you guys and what deemed my favorite classic hip hop albums, I had to think more subjectively than objectively um, to a certain extent because when I have these conversations with people, um, most of the time it it was hard it's hard to find a steady criteria of what is what like you know like some people feel like if it has a certain amount of sales that this should be deemed a classic and some people feel like that's too objective and feel like that doesn't really necessarily deem the quality of what a classic hip-hop album should be especially in hip-hop like I think we I don't know if we do this in other genres like I mean obviously with rock and um all the and and pop and stuff like that I don't necessarily feel like people argue this point they mostly like if they do have classic albums it's kind of held universally as a classic album versus in hip-hop where it's more of a controversial subject and I'm gonna be honest with you guys and like you know give you guys a peek into my brain that this conversation is part of the reason why I started top five because um like I said in the beginning, it was more of just thinking of how we think in hip hop and how we rank things and the dialogues that we have and versus what we don't always um, think about and the times that we don't always necessarily have a, a, a dialogue where we are listening to each other and you know spreading ideas that you know may be different from ours and obviously with hailing things as classic this is a conversation where sometimes it does take a little like let me step back let me listen to that like I mean maybe you heard something that I didn't hear this classic hip-hop album conversation is one that we'll continue to have especially on the show you might notice that I ask a lot of the guests what do they hail as favorites and classics and stuff like that or they'll bring it up on their own and I think that this is a constructive dialogue that is based in terms of having constructive conversations and since hip-hop is our culture like we should start here and hopefully it will branch out into other areas so yes the the moment has come where I guess I should tell you guys what my top five favorite classic hip-hop albums are 
And I think I should preface it by saying these albums, it wasn't a hard decision to come up with. And I think that's one of the um, the things I didn't mention about the criteria of a classic. I feel like even even you guys probably are thinking about what are your classic hip-hop albums, um, favorite classic hip-hop albums. And it's not it's not hard to even like think of it. It's like the first few things like albums that come to your brain. So I also feel like it's so impactful in my life. Like all these albums that I'm about to name have impacted my musical palette, have impacted my uh the way I think about the world. Um, and have impacted the way, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I basically grew up on these songs that were on this album, and I, all these albums I still listen to to this day. I've really been, uh, changed by these albums, and... Yeah, I think it's a, a criteria that people usually use of how, where they were at the time when this came out, or even if you weren't, you wasn't necessarily alive when it came out or able to listen to it like that, you know how it, it hit you when you actually heard it and you like felt it. I think you guys feel me, you get my drift. Okay, the first album on my list would be um a tribe called quest um midnight marauders and i think my closest friends know that i love a tribe called quest i the funny story of how i even came across tribe and how i came across midnight marauders was i've always heard the song somewhere like I can picture times in my life when I've heard the songs, but the one time that it really stood out, and this is the funniest thing, is that Midnight Marauders has one of my favorite songs in the entire world, and it's called Electric Relaxation. And that song was the theme song of the Wayans Brothers when I was a kid. And I always wondered, like, what is this song that they, like, they always play? Like, it's I was like, if this song was a real song, it would be good. Like, and that was me as a kid thinking that in my head. And I think as I got older, I ended up reading the credits. And so I was probably in, like, junior high school. And I read the credits, and it said that, it was basically like courtesy uh, like theme song was electric relaxation by a tribe called quest so i'm like i've always heard of this tribe called quest and i've always seen the little sick figures but i never knew like what they were girl my life changed and interestingly enough a tribe called quest dropped that album in 1993 which is the year i was born in so i just feel like sometimes it's like divine that i felt found them and 
ever since I discovered their music, especially Midnight Marauders, like my life was super changed. A Tribe Called Quest shaped the way I thought about, you know, hip hop as a whole, how I thought about the way that samples were used in music. It made me listen and go back to a lot of jazz music. Like I, anybody that knows me knows I love jazz. And a lot of the jazz that I found in life were rooted from samples in Midnight Marauders. So yeah, even Pharrell, like said, you know, without a tribe called Quest, without Midnight Marauders, we would be nothing. Like, that's just literally how I feel about hip hop and how they were literally like teenagers creating this type of music and how 25 years later, 26 years later, um, not that that was their first album or anything, but it was it still impacts people to this day they still have a cult following rest in peace fight it's just interesting to know how much i'm sure like when they were recording it in tips grandmother's basement they wasn't expecting it to well they they probably were but not necessarily understanding the impact it would have on future generations like mine and me listening to Midnight Marauders like it came out yesterday is um such a dope thing. Like I said, some of my favorite songs on there is Electric Relaxation, um, 8 Million Stories. I'm just trying to say it without saying the whole track list because literally the whole thing is like one of my faves. But if you guys don't have any um listening experience to trap call quest and or you just heard a war tour we on a world tour like you know like i think you should go to that album and that will give you a gist of what a tribe called quest is and why they're so important to hip-hop and you know give me your feedback on it and what you think about it and if any i have any f fellow tribe fans like hit me up so we can you know talk the things them <laughs> um another album that i have been personally impacted by and i hail as one of my favorite classic hip-hop albums is reasonable doubt and I, yeah, I know y'all was like, okay, Zoe, you could not go two minutes without talking about Jay-Z. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I am definitely a Jay-Z fan. And, like, he definitely, in terms of his music, impacted my life in a thousand different ways. Like, I can be here forever, but... Um, even like right now, if you follow me on Twitter at Zoe underscore Veranda, I'm doing a daily hovespiration <laughs> where, um, I'm going to do lyrics every day this year that soundtrack my life. So you should check that out. Some of Hove's most impactful songs for me are on this album. Um, my favorite song is politics as usual and I think 
the reason why I'm attracted to this album and this song is that this album was Hove's like debut, you know, of him coming out to be like he's been he was rapping way before this and I think Reasonable Doubt came out in ninety six, so he was definitely rapping before this and this was like his intro to the world after creating all this buzz for himself. I'll share with you guys that most of my music um uh taste and palette and cultivating um my ear was definitely in like late elementary school and junior high school um so I think I heard I can't pinpoint when I listened to reasonable doubt I want to say reasonable doubt I listened to probably in about sixth grade seventh grade and for some reason as a kid and I was like a history geek like when I was in junior high school so yeah it had to be around this time and I was like discovering like what sounds that I like like I told you I like tribe and the jazzy and samples and stuff like that um politics as usual gave me that type of feel and I was like attracted to the way Jay-Z just like kind of um in a way gave me like a visual like if you listen to politics as usual I'm thinking like of being any in the places that he is he's talking about or like in the mood he's talking about I just feel like this album was it felt to me like a debut it felt to me like it showed like hey I'm Jay-Z and this is what I'm about to be about you know what I'm saying whether he stuck to half of the things that he spoke about there because he didn't always stick like stick to that material and as we know Hove has grown into this phenomenal lyricist and his content has become more um mature and um socio-political I think the basis though of what he was talking about in Reasonable Doubt was still rooted in his morals and values and I always appreciate um genuine people and genuineness in terms of the intent like I said um certain things he was talking about a lot of people were talking about but not in the way that he was doing it so hence the innovation that came out in 96 it's 2019 like we can still listen to like ain't no nigga we can still listen to um politics as usual we can still listen to the evils and still relate to those lyrics so since I'm already on Hove, I yes, I had two Hoves in my classic albums, The Br- Blueprint. That I was definitely old enough to listen to. Um 2001, I was in 3rd grade, and even as a, a small child at that age, I wasn't even necessarily allowed to listen to that type of music. I grew up in a Christian home where mostly it was like gospel 
played in my house and like I would hear other types of music like I would listen hear like old um soul and like parliament and like my dad like Jay-Z so this is when I was like listening to these this type of music um but yeah I think it goes without saying like blueprint is just the blueprint in terms of for me personally for the rap style that I liked um even with some references to tribe and that's the thing another thing that I liked about Jay-Z is that he always referenced his idols like if you go through any any of his albums in his catalog he most of the time he references his OGs and references people who he held in terms of um as in terms of innovators and in terms of unique talent and who he looked up to you know um I mean blueprint the like if you even just think of the track list like even if you're not even a Jay-Z fan like that like undeniably the most popular songs was Izzo H to the Izzo V to the Izzo like these are songs that people know. Um, Song Cry was on this album. Renegade was on there. So that's for like the people who or like you don't know. Like those are songs for like people who are casual like Jay-Z listeners or don't know his catalog like that. Like just thinking about how those three songs are just are out of 15 songs. Like those are three songs that were like huge huge and like I said I don't necessarily pin a a classic album to what it sold or the numbers that it did but the impact of Song Cry and the impact of um Izzo I forgot Jigga That Nigga's on there Takeover like you know the infamous Ether Takeover Nas versus Jay-Z like I think if for people who are not Jay-Z fans, but, you know, want to know what all the hype is about, I think the blueprint is definitely a good place to start in terms of listening to Jay-Z's catalog and knowing or understanding where the hype comes from. Blueprint definitely was, is the blueprint to my soundscape in life and (laughs) anybody that knows me just knows um I couldn't have a top five favorite hip-hop classic album discussion without talking about this woman and though um now you know I got you guys know I don't really talk about um pop culture on here but even with the trials and tribulations she's been through lately she's definitely still um, a legend in my eyes and i have to mention the miseducation of lauren hill i mean like where do i even begin or end like from her flow on lost ones to the 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 heaviness of heart on x factor to the 
the hip hop ass doo wop that thing like to like how she was just like giving an eye and ear to what society was and is still like doo wop that thing can play anywhere and everybody will still feel that same feeling that you heard when you first listened to it um I mean superstar final hour um when it hurts so bad like ugh, I used to love him with um my fellow Capricorn Mary J Blige forgive them father every ghetto every city nothing even matters like oh god what a love song what a love song um everything is everything this album from top to bottom is absolutely flawless absolutely absolutely flawless and I mean of course all I will always stand for women and like regardless of whatever Lauren had to go through I I just can't wait until she really really tells us and if that's it's up to her it's if it's part of her journey I would just love to have some insight on the things she's gone through in the world and in the industry but I am just grateful if we never get another project from Lauren Hill and it doesn't look like it but just leaving us with just a masterpiece and I don't care about all the um the disparities and theories about how you know she was not the sole writer producer on the album I do not give a fuck this album is just beyond amazing and shouts to all those people involved but coming through her lens and coming through her mouth and um with her um talent is beyond and I would be remiss if I never ever mentioned Lauren Hill in my top five favorite hip-hop classic album and for my last pick this album definitely soundscaped my teenage years and I remember like yesterday when the album dropped and that summer how this man was on fire fire when I say a milli when I say got money when I say comfortable when I say Mr. Carter like Mr. fucking Carter like Lil Wayne and the Carter three there was no way that you could not say that he wasn't the greatest rapper alive at that time even if you didn't agree with him you would still agree with him (laughs) repeat oh my god like it, it just the sound once it comes on like that filthy grimy beat like sounding like a mixtape song like lollipop was just a huge song like this album is one of the most stacked albums in hip-hop I tell you Wayne was legit on fire in 2008 and that summer was definitely soundtracked by this album and even that school year, I remember like just having <laughs> all the lyrics in my way message. Just like, wow, Wayne is definitely to this day still one of my favorite rappers. Like, 
he like this was probably his peak and not to say that he would never get back here but I definitely felt like the content was peak Wayne I felt like the this album I can listen to it today and still have that same feeling I feel like it would the sound and style definitely impacted how the music that we have today like absolutely most rappers right now are children and products of Lil Wayne so I would be like you have to count me out if I never mentioned the Carter three as one of my top five favorite classic hip-hop albums so on my Instagram I definitely put one of those little question things in my stories at Zoe underscore veranda and um out of my somewhat biased um top five I picked um some of my favorite answers and I'm gonna tell you guys the answers and then I'm gonna explain why I felt like this was definitely a good pick I'm gonna start with um one answer that I got from my younger brother and um I have two brothers um but this is from my oldest younger brother Josh um at wavy wigs w-a-v-y-w-i-g-g-z um shout outs to you and I was so proud of this answer (laughs) when I saw it I won't give away his age but he's definitely under 21 years old so this uh, answer was one that I was like wow like this was definitely this how you know like certain things are cemented over time I think also because my brother does music like he actually goes and does his due diligence and homework in terms of making sure he knows real music and classic music but his top five favorite classic hip-hop albums were Illmatic by Nas which yes Queens all day um Reasonable Doubt amazing like you know we had that brosis telepathy life after death um with biggie definitely oh that album is just legendary i i don't even need to explain <laughs> um midnight marauders as i lamented about earlier which you know another case of the brosis telepathy and this pick which i was definitely kicking myself for not even thinking about and i did think about it but I'm glad that he mentioned it because this definitely impacted hip hop um, all across the scale. Um, The Chronic by Dr. Dre. And even though at that time it was a West Coast, East Coast thing, I definitely think about the Snoop Dogs and the Dog Pound and, um, you know, like even talk about Dog Pound, like Corrupt and... um, Daz and like how their rapping style and their content impacted the country period I think that was definitely an amazing pick and um I had no west coast in my um in my five but I'm glad Josh that you put that in there the next pick that I have is 
from Ruga, <laughs> Rude Boy Ruga, who w- uh, was on our first episode of uh, Top 5. And so you should go check that out if you didn't already. Um, he has Life After Death as well with Biggie. Um, Only Built for the Cuban Links by Raekwon, which is definitely a classic. I, Ice Cream is definitely my favorite record on there. Um, yeah, that was actually a great pick. Like, cause I definitely didn't have any woo in my top five, but yes, Raekwon is the GOAT. Um, Blueprint. Yes. Um, Don Caluminati, another West Coast Pac. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. Yeah. Don't, I, I hope you guys aren't mad at me that I didn't have any Pac <laughs> or Biggie in my top five, but I'm so glad that we had, I had some picks that had those included them. Um, and Elmatic with Nas. So that's dope. Shout out to Ruger. My next pick comes from Rob. <laughs> I always say his name like that. Shout out to uh YC um on Twitter. Rob, you definitely had some good picks. Um Volume 2 by Jay-Z. Um yes, absolutely. Um, I didn't want to inundate you guys with my hove pick. So yeah, it was definitely hard for me to narrow it down to two, but yes. It's dark and hell is hot. Yes, 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 yes. Um, DMX. I, we don't talk about DMX enough and, you know, because of his, um, the trials and tribulations that he goes through literally to this day, but, um, DMX is definitely a legend and like obviously in the beginning in my intro I always um quote the Jada Kiss line um this is for my new listeners and prisoners and the jealous rap cast that prefer dissing us and um that's from niggas that started something because I told you guys to do your homework and <laughs> it's from it's dark and hell is hot and um niggas done started something is one of my favorite songs on there and damn that album just has ridiculous hit after hit after hit so yeah I'm just gonna go back and listen to that again because I feel like I listen to it at least um twice a month (laughs) but yeah good pick this one was an interesting pick monster by future fuck up some commas was definitely on that one i remember and what else was on there i'm trying to think fetty yeah like so that was a interesting pick as a classic thanks rob because i definitely wouldn't have thought of any future projects or albums but thanks for making me want to go back and like listen to it just to like cement it definitely had blueprint by jay-z and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um by kanye which regardless of how i feel about kanye i will definitely say that album is a freaking classic devil in a new dress is definitely one of my favorite songs of the 2000s decade um yeah it 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 was uh, it was ridiculous that album is um what has to be up there in terms of classic hip-hop albums um so shouts to you rob um cj rodennis which is uh my bff carlos he had listed the blueprint 
you know, that's a pretty much a consensus here. Uh, college dropout, definitely when Kanye was talking his ish and he was definitely about his ish. Um, Black Album, yes, definitely one of my favorite Hove albums. Um, I remember when it came out, it, like yesterday, like that album is another one that's stacked to the brim in terms of hit after hit after hit the chronic yes if and one thing i know about carlos is that he loves west coast music and um the chronic was definitely like i said impactful in terms of hip-hop as a whole and enter the 36 chambers yes woo yes i definitely feel like if you talk about any type of classics, if you talk about Wu-Tang, if you talk about 90s music, you have to mention Into the 36 Chambers in terms of cream. Like, come on. Like, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Like, ugh. It's just... The Wu is our legendary. <laughs> and for my last pick comes from Mark who changes his ad name every day so I cannot keep up but if you follow me you basically have him so <laughs> shout out to you baby um he has the score by the Fugees which yes like as I already lamented about Lauren um Aquemini with Outcast, and I don't think we talk enough about how um legendary outcast is like we I think we know but at the same time I don't think we talk about their albums and the songs that legit are classics and really changed the way we thought about rap from the south and gave way to a lot of artists and even like Two Chains is one of my favorite rappers and I feel like he's right from that cloth and Ludacris and all these people from um southern rap. Um yeah. I'm definitely glad you brought up Outcast babe. Um Oh my god, this pick Super Duper Fly by Missy. Wow. Like I mean, first off, clap 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 because um, the queen is entered into the songwriters hall of fame. So she needs all her flowers, every, all her things, give them to her. Um, I would be lying to, and lying in my grave if I never said that Missy Elliott did not, um, impact the way I thought about music, the way I thought about music videos, the way I conceptualized concepts and thought, about things <laughs> like Missy is really all-encompassing as an artist and um I'm glad that she is getting all the awards and all her recognition now but I think that needs to be a continuous thing in terms of um standing for women and what they contributed to hip-hop because they're not even just women that she impacted like so many pe men and so many people were impacted by this woman's work and wow I just I would bow in her presence if I seen her because she is really the goat and really a queen um so yes Missy um and speaking of another woman here who's like had an impact on music Lil Kim like she definitely gave 
the not to say permission but yes at the same time like she definitely reiterated women being sexual and doing it on their terms and having it their way and telling them what she wants and what we should demand and like we me and Mark talked about this on our other podcast um pass me the aux about what women were empowered by in terms of music and in terms of sex and in terms of all these things and definitely Kim Hardcore is definitely an iconic album I can listen from front to back today so that was a great pick and ready to die like Biggie is just a legend like I can say nothing more and can say nothing less so Shout outs to y'all for um, contributing. Shout outs to everybody whose picks I did not read. But thank you for um, even um, wanting to contribute to the conversation. And I'm looking forward to y'all hitting me up on my Instagram at Zoe underscore Veranda or top five by Zoe. T-O-P five by Z-O-E. And let me know in the comments what your picks are. I am so glad we're up to episode four. And I think this is just the beginning of a conversation that's gonna go on for a while. And I think that we just peeled the surface right now. But let me know what you guys think. Stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> in the in the words of Dr. Dre since we were talking about the chronic but um yep um shout out to you guys the goats for tuning in and I will talk to you next time <laughs>